You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. All right, well today we are uh, starting a, a powerful Easter sermon series. It will take us all the way through Easter. And the title of the series is this. One minute after you die. Wow, pretty, pretty sobering title, isn't it? One minute after you die. What happens one minute after you die? You know, there are lots of human and worldly philosophies about that, what people think, what, you know, different philosophers of the world think about what happens when you die. But what does God say? happens? What does Jesus say happens after we die? These next three weeks, we're going to shed some light on what is true and what is not true, and also what we don't know, right? We're going to look at all, all of those things. We're going to look at all of those things. Now, I know most of us, I can already see your faces, most of us don't like to talk about death, do we, in dying? It, it, it wouldn't be the first subject or topic if I were to say, hey, what would you like to talk about today? Because, you see, the world tends to portray dying as something of an end, but what it really is is a beginning. It's really a beginning, but, but the world doesn't portray death that way, does it? It portrays it as, as a time of sadness and something coming to an end, and and that's the focus that the world places on death. But Jesus didn't do that. In fact, I would say this, you're actually born, you and I, we're born to die. You ever thought about that? We're actually born to die. Jesus was born to die. He talked about that often in his ministry, how he was going to die, why he was going to die. See, Jesus understood the significance of his death because he knew what it was going to bring. And you see, Jesus knew what was on the other side of his death. And through God's word, we get to learn today and in these coming weeks what's on the other side of our death. You see, dying actually can bring us hope. Dying can actually bring us hope. Because you see what Jesus did through his life and death is he actually defeated death for us. He actually defeated death for us. We're going to talk a lot about that. You see, his death and resurrection and life again paved the way for us to have an eternal life with him if we will just accept what he has done. That, that, that's all we have to do. And as we lead up to Easter Sunday... When we celebrate the death and then the resurrection of Jesus, it's a perfect time for us to look at what happens to us one minute after we die. It's it's a perfect thing for us to look at. Now, why are we talking about this? Come on. We we could have picked a hundred other topics to, to talk about. But let me tell you why we're talking about this. Because what you believe about eternity... What you believe about eternity determines the way you live your life now. What you think about your next determines how you live now. 
That's why we're talking about this. And that's why Jesus talked about it so much in his ministry. Now let me ask you this question. Do you really believe there is life after death? Do you believe that? That's a deep question. It's an extremely important question. And maybe, if, maybe you don't believe there's life after death. Maybe you've, whatever, or maybe you're not convinced yet. I hope that after today, you look at it differently. Where we're going to be today in God's Word is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 3 and 5 through 10. So let me just read what it says, because this is going to be the base that we're in today. For we know that when this tent we live in now is taken down, when we die and leave these bodies, we will have wonderful new bodies in heaven, homes that will be ours forevermore, made for us by God himself and not by human hands. How weary we grow of our present bodies. That is why we look forward eagerly to the day when we shall have heavenly bodies that we shall put on like new clothes. For we shall not be merely spirits without bodies. And starting in verse 5, this is what God has prepared for us. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Now we look forward with confidence to our heavenly bodies, realizing that every moment we spend in these earthly bodies is time spent away from our eternal home in heaven with Jesus. We know that these things are true by believing and not by seeing. And we are not afraid, but are quite content to die. For then we will be at home with the Lord. So our aim is to please him always in everything that we do, whether we are here in this body or away in the body that we have in heaven. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged and have our lives laid bare before him. Each of us will receive whatever he deserves for the good or the bad things that he has done in this earthly body. Now let me give you some context here. Paul is preaching to the Corinthians. Corinthians, just like you and me, they were new Christians. This whole Christianity thing was new. They had questions just like you and I had questions. Is there life after death? What's this whole Jesus thing about? What's, what does it mean to follow Jesus? They were learning those same things over 2,000 years ago, or nearly 2,000 years ago, that we're still trying to learn today. So I want you to put yourself in the position of this audience that Paul was preaching to. He was preaching as much to you as he was to them, okay? He was preaching to us. Because a lot of them were still confused about this whole life after death thing. In fact, there was a group not too long before this called the Sadducees, who many of these people had been taught by. The Sadducees actually preached there was no resurrection. There was no life after death. And so they still had this idea. Some of them had this idea in their mind, well, is this real? Is there life after death? And yet... They knew, and they'd already believed in the risen Savior, Jesus. They knew Jesus lived. They knew he had risen from the dead. But Paul was trying to give them clarity. He was trying to give them an understanding, yes, there is life after death. 
He's trying to convince them and assure them that that is the case. And Scripture does clarify for us, my friends, there is life after death. There is life after this life. I want to share three things today that deal with death and the life thereafter. The first thing is this. Your earthly body is going to die. Let's just be real clear about that. That's an undisputed fact. Okay, I, I don't care what, you know, frame, there's, you know, there's a 100% chance that your physical body is going to die. My physical body is going to die. Okay, so let, let's, let's understand that. Hebrews 9.27 says and tells us that our physical bodies are in fact destined to die once. And Ecclesiastes 3.20 is clear that our bodies were created from dust. So if you go back to Genesis, how we were created, God created us from dust. And to dust, our bodies, our physical, earthly bodies are going to return. That's, that's where they're going to end up. But I have some good news for you. In the next life, you're not going to need this body. I have, I have some good news for you. In the next life, you don't need this anymore, okay? That's, that's the hope of Jesus. Now, God's given us this body, so we certainly should take care of it. We certainly should do the best we can with it. But, you know, we spend a lot of time in our lives focusing on this. Exercising, diet programs, Botox, well, you know, hey, Whatever you want to say, we spend so much time worried about this. And again, I can show you scriptures that say we ought to take care of our bodies, so I'm not not diminishing that. But we spend way too much time worrying about this that's not going to last. This is just a transportation system that God's put our spirit and our soul in right now, okay? That's all this is. Heard a you know, good, pastor of ours many years ago preached a, a sermon called "You Are Not a Chevy." <laughs> it was, it was. I'll, I'll never forget that sermon. And what he was talking about was we get we get worried about what the outside of the car looks like, and we forget about the most important part of the car, which is the engine, right? The inside part. That's what his analogy was in our in our soul and our spirit. That's what's really important because that is the only thing that's going to live forever, is your soul and your spirit, not your body. And Jesus recognized, of course, he knows he created us. He knows how we are and how we think. And Jesus, in fact, when, when I'm remembering he talked to, to the Pharisees who looked really good on the outside, right? Their, their physical appearance was, hey, I'm in charge. But he knew on the inside they were rotten away. And he pointed that out to him. But he also pointed this out to all of us when he said this in Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. You see, Jesus was teaching us and reminding us of the second thing that happens one minute after you die. And that's this, that your soul departs from your body. 
your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion, and your spirit that goes with it. Because remember, we are a three-part being, right? We are a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. You need to know that. You need to, you need to fully grasp and comprehend that. I am a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. So when you die, your spirit and your soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotions, as we said, they actually leave your earthly tent, as the scripture says, right? Now, how do we know this? First, back in in verse 3, Paul reminded us that we're going to get new bodies in heaven to go with our spirits, right? So that indicates, first of all, that we have a spirit that's going to be in heaven waiting for a new heavenly body, right? So one, we, we know from that right off the bat that our spirit does in fact, our soul does in fact leave this physical body upon our earthly death. But you know how else we know that? Jesus himself, when he was hanging on the cross preparing to die, was actually positioned in between two criminals. Lack of a better term. Two guys that pretty much deserve to be up on those crosses, <laughs> if I'm going to be real honest. And as Jesus hung there, one, one of them, on one side of him, hurled insults at Jesus, basically, <laughs> basically rejected him right there on the spot. But the other one... The other criminal looked at Jesus and said, I recognize who you are. I know you're the Messiah. I know you are the Son of God. Will you, and he said to him, will you, he said to Jesus, will you please remember me in your kingdom? Will you please remember me when you get to heaven, is what he said. And this is what Jesus said to him in Luke Chapter 23, verse 43. Jesus looked at him and he said, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. Jesus' own body was getting ready to be left on earth. And he knew this criminal was as well. Their earthly bodies were going to be left there. But they were going to be together. Their souls or spirits were going to be together that very day. In paradise. So you see, we learned two, two very important things from that interaction. One is that our, our soul does leave our body. Jesus just told us it does. But the other thing is, the other beautiful thing about this story, as long as you have breath, as long as I have breath, it is never too late to give your life to Christ. Never. This man was getting ready to leave the planet he was taking his last breaths on earth. But he, even he recognized it wasn't too late. It's not too late. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you think you can't come back from. As long as you have breath in your body, it is never too late to give your life to Christ. I want to go back, though, to that scripture in Matthew 10, 28, where Jesus said, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but can not kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul. 
Jesus is telling us here that we need to be more focused on our souls because our souls impact our spirit. We need to be way more concerned about the condition of our soul than we do about our physical body because the condition of our souls is so important that it's so important because God knows that that's the part that's going to last forever, right? That's why the condition of your soul is so important to God. It's also important because the condition of your soul impacts your spirit. How you think, your mind, what you decide to do, your will, and how you feel about things, your emotions, they all have a huge impact on your spirit. You see, we're all spirit beings, right? And the Bible tells us that we're created in the image of God, and God, as we read, is spirit. That's what, that's the part of us, when we say we're created in the image of God, we're created as a spirit. That's how God created us. And our spirits are directly affected by everything that we say, think, feel, or do. And that's why sin is such a problem, because sin separates us from God. And our unrepentant sins, sin that we don't repent from, can determine where our souls and spirits live for eternity. This is big. I know it's kind of quiet right now. What you believe is important. It's important because it should shape how you live. So the things we're talking about today in these next couple weeks, they're important. They're going to cause us to think. They're going to challenge us. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to challenge us, not just save us. He came to challenge us to live the life that he's calling us to live. And things like this, this is, this is fundamental to the gospel. This is the reason why Jesus came. This is the reason why we have Easter. I want you to hear that. That's the reason Jesus came, to die. To die for your sin and my sin so that we can have an eternal life. This is so important to the gospel. This is the gospel. That's actually the good news. That's actually what the good news is. Because you see, spiritual death is a consequence of our sin. And we know we're all going to die. But when we understand that our physical bodies are not the eternal part of us, instead that it's our souls and our spirits that are the eternal part of us, that helps us understand why Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross for us and why it's such a beautiful thing that he did for us. Jesus gave us a way to be with him in paradise, in heaven. All we have to do is accept what he did. And that leads me to the, to the third thing that's going to happen at some point after we die. And that's this. We're all going to face a judgment. Ooh. Now, again, I know you can, you can get all, you know... Uh, what do you mean judgment? Okay. Well, we know that we're all going to die one day, right? And we know now that our spirits and our souls are going to live forever. But we also know from reading the word today that there is going to be a day of judgment. Now, the day of judgment is not like some people think. That day of judgment is not here and now. It's not like, so judge people. No, that day of judgment is not here. It's not right now. Not here. Although some people want to make it now. Some people want to pass judgment right now, but that day of judgment is not now. 
okay? You see, God's not judging anybody right now. In fact, Jesus said, I, 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 when he was on the earth, I haven't come right now to judge you. I've come to save you is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I, I'm not here to judge you right now. I'm here to save you. Hear that. And guess what? That's still Jesus' number one, number one priority is to save you, not judge you, okay? But just like everything else in God's word, we can't ignore the fact that there is going to be a day of judgment. Look, we're being offered a gift. Jesus came here so that we could live forever with him in paradise. In Psalm 1611, says that the fullness of joy will be ours in heaven. The pleasures forevermore that we're going to feel, feel in this fullness of joy is going to be found in the presence of God. And that's really what heaven is. And we'll be talking in a couple weeks more about what heaven is all about. But heaven is being with God forever. Now, again, I do want to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, though, because Clearly, that verse tells us that there is going to be a time of judgment, okay? So we, we, we can't just say it doesn't exist. But I want to point something out to you that's really important. Remember, Paul was talking to Christians here. He was talking to believers. So before you start thinking that good works are what get you into heaven, that's not the case. Paul was talking to people that already had professed or were believing that Jesus had risen. They were believing in what Jesus had done for them. But here's the thing. Paul was reminding them that what you do, what you and I do, what they do, did, it matters. What you do with that gift of salvation, what you do when you say, I'm going to follow Christ, what you do matters. It still matters. Because you see, when Jesus changes you and I by what he did on the cross, and then we commit to follow him, we start into a relationship. And that relationship, the more we're in it, the more we begin to appreciate and feel grateful for what Jesus has done. Because we know without him, we would be spiritually and physically dead. Both. Without Christ, we would be both. But because of what Jesus did, we, don't, we, can, we can actually have a new everything, a new spirit, a new life, eventually a new body because of what Jesus has done for us. And out of that gratitude, it's out of that gratitude that we then live a life that attempts to show other people the gratitude that we have for who Jesus is and for what he has done. And that's what leads others to see Jesus in us. That's what leads Jesus to see others, uh, have others see Jesus in us. By our kindness, our sharing, our loving like Jesus loved. You know, how you treat people, how you care for the poor, the broken, the outcasts. How you speak, what you say. When you speak life into someone else, even though you're going through hell. Even though you're hurting, Jesus sees that. People see that. That matters. That matters. And so, when we're talking about, as a believer, 
And we're in that judgment after this life. That's when Jesus can say to us, I saw how you served in the kids' ministry and loved those little babies that I gave you to teach. I saw how you prayed for the sick and, and brought healing and hope to a hurting world in my name. I saw your heart when you said you wanted to follow me, even though sometimes you fell short. It's okay. Because when you put your trust in me, when you believe what I did, I brought your name in the book of life. That's what Jesus can say to you at that judgment. But let me ask you this. What about non-believers? What about people that heard about Christ and rejected him? There were plenty of them on the earth. When Even when Jesus was walking the earth, <laughs> there were plenty of people that rejected him. There's people today that still reject him. Well, they're also going to face a judgment. You know, I'm not, and don't, don't hear me. This is not, you know, uh, turn or burn preaching. I, 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 I believe in the love of Jesus Christ, and I believe that that's the motivating factor that I want to share in my life. But I can't deny what God's word says either. I can't hide from that. I have to be real with it. We all have to be real with it. Because, and Karen next week is going to be talking about, this is why we want people to be saved by the good news of Jesus Christ, because we don't want them to experience what we're about to read about next. This is why. Because in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, and then in verse 15, this is what it says about the judgment for those people that don't accept Christ. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. And I saw the dead, the small and great, standing before God. Books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works as recorded in the books. And then verse 15 says this, Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. First of all, what's interesting here is there's books, plural, that are being written in heaven. One of the books is the book of life, right? That's the book we're told of when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, your name goes in that book. But if we're to believe what Paul said in chapter 10, there's also other books that judge our deeds or that recognize or look at our deeds. And we will be thusly rewarded for those deeds. That's what I said again. Doesn't mean your works get you into heaven. Please hear me. That's not what that means. But what it means is what you do with your salvation, what you do with your life, matters. It matters. That's what Paul's trying to share with us here. Because what you do is being recorded in heaven. In fact, there's a scripture that says every word you speak is actually recorded in heaven. Might give us pause 
to think about how we speak to each other, to people, to our families. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to wake you up. To wake you up to the reality that what you do in this life matters. It matters. You see, believers in these, or or the words in these other books are not the forgiven sins because that's already covered in the book of life. But there are things that you actually did. That's what is written in these books. And the book of life is also referred to as the Lamb's book of life. That's found in Revelation chapter 21. And that's because Jesus is the Lamb. He's the perfect sacrifice that went to the cross, the Lamb that was sacrificed for you and for me. And our name, when we accept that, your name, gets written in the book of life. I wonder, is your name written in the book of life right now? Do you know that? If not, it's not too late, I promise. You see, Jesus is still calling. He's still inviting, just like he did to the man on the cross next to him all those years ago. Jesus still has an invitation. Today, you can be with me in paradise. Today, your name can be written in the book of life. All you have to do is accept what I've done. Friends, I've come here today to remind us that there is a life after this one. There is a life after this one, an eternal life that's possible with God because of what Christ has already done. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.